This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Giants Brawl Podcast. Listen, look, we got to rush him. We got to kick him. What we got to do to sit in and get the All right, let's go. They are New York, and they are here to talk Giants football. Here is Mike Trainer and Jay Jules. What's up, Giants fam? Welcome to the one and only Giants Brawl Podcast. You know what it is. You know the vibe. It's me, Mike Trainer. I'm with Jules and John this week. And John, who do we got this week as a special guest? Mike, we have a very special guest this week. We have Chris, the entertainer of Entertainer Talking Sports, uh, the man who's got more views on YouTube than the King Car- Kim Kardashian sex tape. Oh, I <laughs> <that> up. <laughs> um, it was my first introduction of anybody ever, so you pop my cherry, Chris. Thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> no, no, man. I appreciate you guys for having me on, man. I always love coming on these podcasts. I've been on a bunch of them, and I can tell from Twitter I like your guys' vibe, so I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, man. Thank yeah, you. Welcome, sure. welcome on, for sure. Yeah, man. Um, so what do we want to talk about, man? So I was, I was thinking just of, of all the people on Twitter, bro, and just, just putting giants content out there. I just feel like your channel, you're down the middle, but you're genuinely down in the middle. I feel like a lot of these guys, man, they, they want to say that's unbiased, but they're just being haters and they don't see it. And I appreciate your channel. I became a fan because I could actually listen to you and some things I would disagree with, but I, I feel like. It, it wouldn't be everything like it wouldn't be every single topic you talked about. I was like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking. It was never like that with you. So I appreciate that channel. And bro, thirty, you know, I think yeah, thirty six thousand subscribers, eleven and a half million views, something like that, dude. You 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 you're doing some shit over there on YouTube, man. That's pretty cool. I, I appreciate it, man. Listen, I tell people all the time when they come on my channel, like live stream or you know whatever, people say, oh, I don't agree with you. I'm like. It would be boring if you always agreed with me. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to get different perspectives. A lot of times I'll go to people, not like you said, I'm not going to go to somebody that thinks a freaking idiot and I disagree with everything that the guy says, but I like to get different perspectives if if it's well thought out and stuff like that. So I welcome people that uh, disagree with some of my point of view. But, yeah, I always just try to be honest and give my uh, honest perspective. I always say I'm going to be a little bit biased. I'm a Giants fan, but. I'm not one of these doom and gloom guys. Like you said, you got all the Twitter, yeah. GM, the Twitter GMs that bitch and moan about everything. I'm not one of those guys. I don't think the sky's always full. <laughs> yeah, you would think, especially this offseason, man. Like you got you got DraftKings or whoever has us as like the worst odds to win the NFC East. Uh, we just had a six win season. You know what I mean? I, I don't get how we're, we're the worst team in the NFC East right now. That's that doom and gloom stuff. And I think Giants Nation should stand up for the team and show a little bit more pride. Yeah, I'm you know with you on I mean? that. The odds are a joke. <laughs> we're, we're, we're like plus 450, I think it was. Maybe, yeah. it, maybe uh, like, it changed after free agency, but it's a joke. Oh, no, it's yeah, definitely gonna... plus 450, man. We've been going on for weeks about that shit, all right? Let me, let me be clear on <laughs> yeah. that. I'm like, yo, we, we, DraftKings is one of our sponsors, and every fucking week I've been like, yo, if you don't jump on this shit now and get four and a half for your one to your money, you're missing out, all right? I don't know how many times I got to say this shit. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, man. But listen, Chris, your, your main format is is uh, is on YouTube, right? Like more so yeah. away from the podcast. What, what made you get started on YouTube? Uh, you know what, man, it was, it was just on a whim. I, I had recently broken up with my girlfriend at the time and I was looking for a hobby 
And I used to be in like a group chat with my friends. I'd send silly videos and they're like, oh, you should start a YouTube channel, get your mind over and it'll give you something to talk about. And then I quickly realized that people actually were coming to me for my opinion. So I started to take it a lot more seriously. I started like almost uh, after this draft, it'll be three years. I'll be on YouTube. But yeah, I never, mm-hmm. never dreamt of it ever being anything serious or I just was going on there to make silly videos and um, just talk sports. And it just grew and people started to take me more seriously. I know generally like Bobby and Justin from Talking Giants, they started on the podcast side. They came over to YouTube. A lot of people do it that way. I'm debating actually doing it in the reverse because um, people have asked me to do a podcast. But, yeah, I'm probably going to do that this year. I just got to sort everything out. Yeah. You know, the quickest the quickest way to get over an ex-girlfriend is just to get under a new girlfriend. Well, that's true. <laughs> you know that's true. Or, or a whore. You know, they, they both work. Yeah. You know yeah. But, but, but the whore works temporarily. It doesn't work, fo- doesn't work long term. But at least the new hobby is a little bit cheaper. Than, well, that's than, true. Than the whore. That's true. <laughs> you know, and, and here right. I thought Mike was going to do another plug for one of his sex doll fucking ads. You know, he, he, he won his sex doll playing poker like two years ago. And he's been trying to like get it off and put it on somebody. So he's like, look. You can either go start a YouTube channel and hope you get like 45,000 subscribers or you can get this sex doll from me and I'll send it to your house, right? You'll be fine. Listen, I'll deliver it. I'll deliver it. Chris, the funniest part about the sex doll doll is it's not one of those like blow up inflatable sex dolls. It's like a $1,300 like masterpiece sex doll that he's got. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I got to hear the story. What's with the third... How did you get a $1,300 sex store? Explain this to me, please. So, like, during the <laughs> I explained this on the Giants Bro podcast a few weeks ago. It's actually our highest rated on YouTube, on, uh, YouTube is, like, this fucking this sex doll. So I put a picture as the thumbnail of a sex doll. So, you know, all the creeps are just looking at it. Then all of a sudden, you see us like, within, like, two minutes, you know? So, <laughs> so during the during the pandemic, you know, when people were locked in the houses, I was involved in like online poker from like dude from everybody. Like Jules tried to get me in on something. Uh, a couple of my friends got me in. So like they had like these uh prizes that you win. Like the first time I won, I won a TV, 65 inch, right? And then if you win twice in a row, you get a surprise gift delivered to your house. So I'm like, I won twice in a row, right? All of a sudden, like this fucking heavy box fucking comes like right by my garage door. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's like fucking I'm like trying to struggle to fucking take it up my steps, right? I'm fucking opening this shit up. All of a sudden the leg pops out. My dog is freaking out. He's like, What the fuck is this thing? Right. And then I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is a fucking dead body. Then I fucking end up getting this fucking like a, a fucking sex doll. Like I fuck the heads, like, <laughs> the heads like in another part of the box. It's like headless at first. I'm like, where's the fucking head? I got to look at her. And then I pull the head out. I'm like, she's a brunette. Like she's kind of cute. So like, <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck. My dog's going crazy when I set this thing up. Right. I put the head on like he's fucking freaking out. He's like looking at me. He's looking at this thing. I'm like, I got to fucking throw this thing in the fucking closet. It's been in my closet under like a sheet that it comes with. Since then, since like fucking March of last year, I don't know what the fuck to do with it, man. I think it's gonna hurt my dreams one fucking day, you know. I'm trying to fucking sell it. Like, I want to get it the fuck out of here. You know, if you know anybody, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a couple of people on YouTube I could find. I was gonna say, if you want, maybe maybe she could be like a guest on the next YouTube channel, so people can get a look at her for it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you have Mike and her on your show next time. <laughs> I got to take a picture. I'm like, listen, there was a couple close calls during the pandemic. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm like, I seen her. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, maybe I should go visit this thing. But, like, I, I kept away. So it's it's never been used, okay? Let me just fucking say that. 
So he says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you. I cleaned it real well. <laughs> so we uh, we got a new addition to the team tonight uh, or this afternoon and then a few more tonight. Uh, what's his name? Danny Shelton. Tana, what do you think about that? I like the Shelton pickup. I mean, obviously, you know, we lost Alvin Tomlinson. And um, Shel- Shelton's not going to replace Alvin Tomlinson. Alvin Tomlinson's a better player, but – I think he's a guy that's a run stuffer. He's a guy that's good. He's going to come in there in certain packages. I don't think he's going to play all the snaps. He'll probably play 35, 40% of the snaps, but the guy's a good run stuffer. I know he struggled last year, but I think it's a good pickup. It was only $2 million. And uh, it's another one of these one year low risk, high reward signings that Gettleman's been doing, doing all off season. I'm big fan of the move. Yeah, I know they, they went on to mention said that, like, he fits the system. So that's always a plus. You want to hear that, like, you know, we brought this guy in because he fits the system. And an interesting fact was, too, that, that, I, that I was reading earlier, basically said that he, is, he was better as a pass rusher last year than he was against the run, which is interesting, right? Because, like, you know, that's what everybody's saying. Oh, we got to go get an edge. We got to get an edge guy. We got to get, you know, someone else. I'll be on the side of Leonard Williams. And here we go. Like, yo, you know, I'm not saying he's going to step up and be that guy. But, you know, you bring in him. You bring in um, – and I'm going to butcher this name because I all the time, El Dengobo, I'll just call him Old Bingo because it's easier <laughs> to say that, right? <laughs> you know? And, and, like, I think we're starting to put pieces together on that D-line where it's, I think it's just as good as – it might be just as good as last year. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're talking about a Fadi – I think it's a Denebo. Uh, and, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, he's, like a, he's like a situational pass rusher. And I think it's the same thing with Shelton. I think Shelton's going to be used in – Probably mainly run packages, but you're right. Ironically enough, a guy that's known as a run stuffer actually graded out better as a pass rusher last year. But uh, the four or five years before, it was really good against the run. So I think it was a good pickup, though. And he's got ties to Judge. He played in New England in 2019. Right. And uh, he's, he comes from Detroit, which where where we brought over O'Brien from, who's now in our front office, who was with Detroit last year. So all season has been fun. I think with – you got Galladay, you got Kyle Rudolph – you got Dory Jackson, John Ross. You have just so many, so many like new toys on this team to like actually play with, man. I, I think they're going to make a big jump to it. I think it's going to be a fun, fun uh, fucking season this season. I think double digits are well within, well within reason. I think when you get seven or eight wins, I think that's a disappointment this year. What do you guys think about that? It's just crazy how everybody wants to come play with us. Like the, all these fucking weapons. And I'm, I mean, yes, yeah, granted, like, we got a few one-year deals, like, you know, signing with us. But, hey, listen, if they play well, maybe they're part of the future and they want to stick around. So that's definitely an option that um, I'm looking forward to these one-year deal guys to see how big of an impact they make and to see if they stick around on this team. Because in the beginning of free agency, we were signing guys like, you know, a few-year deals like Kyle Rudolph, you know, like, a, you know, now like late in the, you know, you know, Dory Jackson's high for a few more years. So it looks like we're building a, a team for the, for the future and they're a young team, man. So like, it's, it's, it's a lot to get excited about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I I'm in the nine or 10 win range. I don't, I don't want to like pump them up too much and set, you know, Giants fans up for like unrealistic expectations. Like last, games. Yeah. What did you say? 17 games. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to, I, I, I got to wait till after the draft, but here's what I'll say. We got a softer schedule than last year. I thought last year was a tougher schedule than the schedule we got coming in Mm -hmm. last year. Nobody was accustomed to the playbook because we had the pandemic. There was no training camp. There was none of that. I love that they brought back the entire coaching staff. I know everybody hates Jason Garrett, but I love that Daniel Jones doesn't have to learn a new offense. All these players know the scheme coming in. 
I think that Rudolph fits the scheme beautifully. I think that um, uh, Galladay fits the scheme very well. The offensive line is the X factor for me on offense. So the offensive line has to play at least comparable to the way they played in the second half. The first half, they were horrible. Um, but if we get an average offensive line play this year, there's no reason to think this team can't win at least 10 games because the defense with a Dory Jackson, like I thought that was the missing link to the defense. A lot of people point to the edge rusher. In a scheme like this, you need strong corner play because you're sending a lot of blitzes. You have to be strong in the corners. Um, and I think by bringing in a Dory Jackson, it's really going to allow Patrick Graham to be a lot more aggressive this year on defense. If healthy, I think the that secondary man, that can go up against any secondary in the league. You Darnay Holmes as your worst player on on the on the in the secondary by a mile and he's an excellent coming I mean for a nickel corner he played very well. He had his spots obviously, but you, you Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, Xavier McKinney who, you know, basically had one splash the entire season because he was unfortunately hurt. Then on the outside of Dory Jackson, James Bradbury lining up this defense could be fucking scary, dude. It could be scary. <laughs> yeah, okay. Old school Giants. Yeah, how okay. are you going to pass on that team? Like, even if we get any kind of, like, pressure, because if guys are, like, locked up in the secondary, that's just going to breed pressure from, like, these guys. They're going to have time to get to the quarterback. That's a they very have, scary secondary, man. How many How many sacks did they have last year? Didn't they have, like, 40 sacks or so as a team? Right around 40. They, they, they Maybe a little like 41. 40. It was right around 40. I, I mean, with with having a suspect CB2 the entire season for the most part, I mean, there were games that Yadam played well and there were games, uh, Julian Love didn't play bad at the end of the season. Um, but from suspect CB2 play, to be able to go out and, you know, still get 40 sacks without a true a true edge rusher, you know, Batman edge rusher, um, now with this better secondary, even with, you know, the same level of talent, you might be looking at 45, 46, 47 sacks at sacks of the same guys. It's, it's, that's pretty lethal, man. Especially if you can't throw the ball on us and you're not going to be able to run. So you got 700 pounds of beef up front with sexy Dexy and fucking <laughs> Danny Shelton, big hat running around the edge. Blake Martinez, Tay Crowder looking great in his first year, Mr. Irrelevant. And we, and we still back. may add another another piece in the draft. We may still add another yeah, piece. Yeah, we're not oh, yeah. the draft. You're absolutely right. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be with that 11th pick either. I mean, look, that's why you got to look at it with the fact that there's going to be 17 games this year. It's hard to imagine the Giants don't win at least eight, right? I mean, like, you know, even if they, like, they win eight, they're still eight and nine. They have a losing record, right? Like, they, it's not even like they're over 500, right? Like, you know, like, like you have to keep that kind of shit in mind. Like, we, we should definitely, I think – it's crazy, though, and I, I haven't looked. I don't know if any of you have, but I would assume that Vegas probably put us at, like, eight and a half wins or some shit like that, if, if I'm not mistaken, because I know I can see that. They, they, they love doing that kind of shit, right? Where it's like, if you fall on that eight, you just got fucked. You got nine wins. Ah, congratulations. You got a winning record, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they love doing that shit. It's always what they do. They're the worst. Yeah, I didn't look. I would guess it's probably, like you said, right around. I think last year they, last year they had us at, like, five. But we ended up yeah, with five six. and a half. Yeah. Like yeah, all the experts had us at like three. If you listen to ESPN, but they they always badmouth us whenever they get the opportunity. Of course. Well, Joe, did you guys see Stephen A. Smith clowning? Uh, I forget the other guy's name. Uh, uh, Nick Wright clowning the Giants last couple of weeks after these signings. Just they're acting like we're, we won two games last season. We were competitive like the entire season last season. They got all these media heads in the media. That's why. That's why the Giants are like four and a half to one odds to win twenty NFCs because guys like that fuck Stephen A. Smith. Everybody, fuck everybody says 
that the biggest need is wide receiver. Everybody says we need a cornerback, and then the Giants <laughs> go out and get those two. And everything you read, Kenny Galladay was the best available receiver after Allen Robinson yeah. got tagged. We got the best available receiver, and we got one of the best available corners. And they're still saying we had a bad offseason. And, and you factored in all the other small signings that we made that I thought were really good. I think Rudolph, I was, it was a pleasant surprise for me. But I think yeah. Rudolph was a really good signing. Dude, is he like 6'6", six, six, something like that? Doesn't have a drop pass. The last two years, I think one in the last three years, two in the last four years total. Uh, <laughs> it's very different than what we're used to uh, from the tight end position at uh, in Big Blue. Uh, but down in the red zone, I can see Engram playing the majority of the you know, tight end one snaps uh, in, in between the 20s. And then once we get to 25, you know, 20 yard line like that, you can see Kyle Rudolph getting a bunch more than snaps. And between him and Galladay being 6'4", being able to be a contested catch guy, I think instantly, because one of our biggest problems wasn't necessarily moving the ball more, it was just scoring in the red zone. Now you have two towers out there that catch balls. In, in, that, that right there, that's a few more touchdowns and Saquon's back. Um, <laughs> Kyle Rudolph, man, just, just, that was just like the extra cherry on, on the Sunday, that weekend. Yeah, uh, last year we ranked 31st in the league in red zone offense. You think about adding guys like Galladay, adding Barkley back, like you said. Nobody, everybody just takes that for granted. They're like, oh, you know, Wayne Gallman. No, no, no. Saquon Barkley is a different animal. Uh, Daniel Jones in his 10 starts with Saquon Barkley has 23 touchdowns and eight picks. In his like 16 starts with Adam, he's got like 14 touchdowns, like 16 picks. Like he's a different quarterback when Saquon Barkley's in the lineup because the defense has to stack the box and it opens up the passing game. So you get him back, you add Rudolph, who's a great red zone target and the same for Galladay and and these pieces are also going to help the offensive line because it makes the offense yeah. less predictable exactly less predictable they're going to be able to get open quicker because of the defense the defense is going to have that split second extra hesitation to find out exactly what's going on because you got to think just from a, at the handoff standpoint you have, Sa- you have Saquon and then Daniel Jones is no joke running the football He's the fastest quarterback in the top speed in the entire NFL. So you give the defense just that that split second to hesitate. That's what opens up bigger windows where you have easy catches, like Plaxico Burris catching it at the end zone and then end the Super Bowl 42. Little little things like that. Little nice. things like that. <laughs> well, listen, nice again, like you know, not only is Rudolph going to be a red a red zone threat. But he's also can block. I mean, this guy's been blocking for Dalvin Cook, who's been ripping it up the last two seasons. You know, those things matter. He doesn't get into the end zone as much as he probably would if he didn't have a tight end like that, where you could stack this guy at the end. And if you go double tight, you don't know which way they're running. You know, it opens up a little bit more where we don't have to do those stupid Evan Ingram ending around bullshits to try to score a touchdown on the end zone. (laughs) Give it to Barkley off tackle. Hopefully he can just pound it through with some shit. Like, for real. Imagine the blocking we're gonna have like with Barkley like this year. It's gonna be you know, it's gonna be a world of difference, man. Yeah, there's a and, lot of different plays. And I yeah. think I read yeah. that, I think I read that Rudolph actually said he went to the, part of the reason he went to he loved Joe Judge. I read that he said he had 12 other offers and he picked the Giants because he was in love with Joe Judge. But another part of the reason he said he think by talking to the Giants, he thinks he's gonna be more involved in the passing game than he was with Minnesota because he was used almost exclusively as a blocker at Minnesota. He only had like 350 yards last year. Um, he thinks he's going to be used more as a pass catcher in this offense, which I think he should be because Evan Ingram drops everything that's thrown to him. So I, yeah, I think Ru- <laughs> I think Rudolph will be used a little bit more than some people may think. Dude, the last couple of years, it seemed like Rudolph's numbers just went down because he wasn't getting the ball. You're right. He wasn't getting the ball thrown to him. They yeah. were so fixated on that and that run. And Cousins, you know how Cousins is. 
he, he's he's great in garbage time. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see Kyle Rudolph I'm going to take that next lead. Now, now you question like you know Evan Ingram, like where does he does he fit? Is he a, is he a, a still an option for us? Do we go with that two tight end set? Does he go wide out? It's going to be yo because he's a weapon. Like everybody knocks him because he drops a couple balls here and there. But, you know, he's a dynamic weapon. I would love to keep him around. Hopefully they don't trade him. I think that I I would love it to be that Ingram just couldn't handle the pressure of having to carry the offense. And that was the reason why he was dropping balls. Because if those if Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy would have just thrown the ball to a different receiver on those specific plays that killed games, I think people look at Evan Ingram a little bit different. Um, I think – if, if it was 2019, he only had one or two drops the entire season. It really wasn't much of a problem as it was maybe earlier in his career. So I want to believe, just for Engram's sake, that he just kind of put too much pressure on himself to you know carry the team when Saquon went down, the offensive line wasn't playing well. And now that we have all these weapons around him, he can get into a little bit more of a zen place and just focus on you know being the third or fourth option on the team, you know making the plays. Because he had like six or 700 yards this year. It's not like he didn't didn't produce it's just a matter of didn't get the touchdowns when they counted and with with all the turnovers you know yeah. i wouldn't mind them having a good season maybe trading him at the trade deadline for some draft capital and have you know kyle rudolph and perhaps kyle pitts playing tight end for <laughs> well, you I, i'm so glad you mentioned that that's what i was going i'm like well so what happens now <laughs> if you're telling me rudolph is supposed to be more involved in the offense and if pitts falls to 11 what we don't take that dude? I mean, like, like I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Rudolph's only there one more year. Ingram's contract is done this season. Then what? You know what I'm saying? Are you gonna pass up on this talent? I don't know. And that, like, I really didn't realize that because I listen. I was, I'll be, I ain't gonna lie. I was kind of hating on Rudolph. I was calling him old man Rudolph. But I guess I didn't take it to the fact that, <laughs> that like, you know, he had Diggs and Thielen there, and Diggs was complaining, and Cooks was up and coming. So yeah, he probably did for uh, to be like the fourth option on that team, and then. Even last year, you know, Jefferson blew up out of nowhere and he still fell back to being like that fourth option in that offense. So I could see where they weren't using him as that target that they once did a few years back. But I don't know, man. Like I said, you know, I, I'm I'm a big Kyle Pitts fan. And if he is there at 11, that's going to be tough to pass on him, man. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think Minnesota also drafted a tight end a couple of years. Irv Smith. I don't know how right. much they how much they right. do in the offense, but. Um, no, Kyle Pitts. I mean, speaking about him, he's like the Giants fans are drooling over this guy. I, I really think he's going to be gone. I don't think he's going to get there. Uh, that guy's impressive. I've heard that Atlanta's interested in him. I've heard that the Eagles, well, they traded back, but the Eagles were interested in him. I think somebody's going to take him before we pick. Who knows? But the thing that I like about our pick, and I'm sure we're going to get into this throughout the podcast, we could go so many ways that I'm not going to be upset. Like if they go offensive line, I'm happy. If they go wide receiver, I understand it. If they go edge, as long as you're not reaching too far down, I'm fine with it. You go Micah Parsons, you go Kyle Pitts, I'm fine with it. They go a lot of ways this year, and I'll be okay with the pick. Listen, that, that's what we've been we've been saying for the last couple of weeks in regards to that. It's just that literally once we signed Galladay and we had a couple other signings, you know, we got Leonard Williams to stay, and you know, all, all the ones that have happened over the last few weeks, it really put us in that kind of a power position. And then to see a team like the Eagles actually trade back 
who was going to take some of the guys that we were looking at? I mean, I'm like, I was tweeting like crazy. Like, yo, you just made up for that Sunday night game, bro. Thank you, fucking Eagles. Way to fucking do it for the Giants fans. Good looking out, man. You know, now you put another dude taking a quarterback? Sweet, bro. I'm like, way to suck for the division. And that's still the change. Like, you guys are still four and a half to one? I don't know what the fuck is going on with these ratings, man. <laughs> Giants hate. That's all it is. We're <laughs> natural punching bags because we're the biggest, one of the biggest teams out there. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Available at 11 is Slater, Parsons, and Pitts. Which one of those three are you taking? Or is, is somebody else? Is Evan Ingram still on the team? Ingram <laughs> <laughs> still on the team. Yes. Yes. I, listen, man, I think I, – I, all right, here's what I'm going to say. Out of those three, I think Pitts is the best available player. Um, and if you watch my channel, you know I'm a big offensive line guy. Um, our offensive line last year ranked 31st in the league. Uh, we did get better over the second half of the season. If I could trade Ingram, I'm very interested in Kyle Pitts. Um, if Ingram is still on the team, and I know Ingram's probably only going to be here for one more year, it would be very hard for me to not take Kyle Pitts. And it's, it would be very hard for me not to take Micah Parsons. I love Micah Parsons. I think Micah Parsons puts this defense to another level. Like, I think they could be a top two or three defense in the National Football League if they add him to this team. But I look at this offensive line, man, and you can get you can get value in the second round, but if Slater's the real deal, like they're saying, and he's a guy that could be an all-pro level guard and that could initially, you know, eventually shift over to the right tackle if, you know, obviously paired is struggling, um, it's hard for me to pass up, man. I think that's our biggest need right now. But the question is, are the other two players too talented to pass up? It's that'd be. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think all three of those guys will be there. But it. Let's put it this way. I'll be. I'll be ecstatic if we take any one of those three players. Nah, yeah. That's a great point. Jules, uh, you want to say something? Go ahead. No, I was going to say that. That is a great point. I mean, if any one of those three guys were there at eleven, that's a, that's just a win for the Giants. There's no questioning that. You know, Who I do just you want Jules. I want to hear what you. I want to hear. Come on, you know what I've been saying. You want me to throw Devontae Smith in there too? Like, yo, that day you guys got me. If I have to be between Parsons or Smith, that wasn't, you know, that like, wasn't ah. the question. That wasn't John's question. That <laughs> Look, you know, I, I've said it before. Like, I, I'm hoping that Parsons is that 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 whole little like I don't know black cloud that they have flying over him does push him down the board. I'm praying that it does. Play that shit up, man. All he did was get into a fight with his fucking teammate, all right? Let's get over that shit. But you know what? No, Denver, that's a bad move. Do not take him. Let him <laughs> fall down the fucking leg. He's a little bit more. Let me sit there at 11. Um, yeah, man, listen, I, I know Slater. Slater's going to be, you know, a hell of a, uh, of an offensive lineman, especially that he can go inside, outside. I, that's not – I'm sorry. I do not see him lasting – I don't even listen. I, I'd be surprised if he makes it past like the eighth, ninth pick. I would be shocked if he's sitting there at that. Point. Like, that would be surprising. Yeah, oh, Jules, Pitt, right? Slater's not gonna last until then. Oh, you know what? You know what? Let's 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 do our mock draft right now. Let's go our first ten picks. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. First three. Let's not waste our time. But is Mac Jones jumping in at number three now? <laughs> uh, that makes that makes it interesting. If Mac Jones goes three, then maybe five quarterbacks go in the first. Yeah, 10. right. That, that gets really are. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> let's just play the game and say Mac Jones goes three. Right, and I've been saying that, and then and then you got to what the two the two linemen. I think both linemen are gone. Penny Sewell, I think, is gonna go to. Mm. Yeah, you heard the Eagles say that they thought Cincinnati might take Jamar Chase. That's why they traded back. Penny Sewell is definitely gonna go in the first ten pick somewhere, yeah. some way, shape, or form. He's gone. I'm gonna say Jamar Chase is gone. Yeah, let's say four quarterbacks go. So Chase is gone. Four quarterbacks are gone. Penny Sewell's gone. That's six. 
I'll say a corner goes to Dallas. Is seven. Say Sertain, right? Yeah, say, yeah. Probably one of those two. Um, and then after now that, Pitts? it's interesting. You got Pitt. I think Pitts will be gone. That's yeah, eight. right. You throw him in at nine now. So You're uh, already past picks. ten guys. Yeah. I, in the end, I think I think Slater's going to be there. I think Slater's going to be there. For the I guy. think Slater's going to be there too. And I think he's going to end up being the guy because I think they're, they're not drafting Matt Pert in the third round, taking a guy out of UConn for no reason to put, play him five games and then throw him in the trash right after. I, I, I think the bigger hole is at right guard. I think Slater, based on his measurables, probably projects more as that guard anyways. If you can go into next season with Thomas going into his second year at left guard, you have a, a competition at left guard or left tackle. At left guard, you have a competition between Hernandez and Lemieux, Gates at center, Slater starting at right guard, and then Pert at right tackle. I think that's a very young offensive line that you can get grow together for the next three, four, five years before yep. you have to start making changes on the line. Because they're all 22, 23 years old. But, but John, like, why would we last year use three picks on offensive linemen to not develop them and be in their guys to be, you know, for the next, like, you know, five to ten years? Like, why would we waste another rookie offensive lineman to go in the mix when we have guys like Lemieux and Will Hernandez? I understand he got benched last year, but I think he's still solid, you know, but – why would you do that? I I, I still think the playmaker. You got to go like another playmaker for for Daniel, man. You got if Pitts is there, I'm taking him 100. percent Even if Devontae Smith is there, I'm taking him 100. percent No, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't get the wide receiver. I think one more pick of this offensive line, and you're solid for the next, like I said, four or five years uh, with high, with you know put put him that you because that's the thing. If you have an opportunity to put somebody who can be an all-pro caliber player at a position on the offensive line, and that's 23 years old, and that's fucking gold. You have four or five years before you have to pay them. They're not wide receivers. They're going to hold out. They're not quarterbacks. They're going to hold out. You're going to get every bit of that four or five years out of them at you know a very, very high caliber. Hernandez, he fell out of favor with the team. Maybe it was COVID. Maybe it, maybe it wasn't. Chances are it's his last season, and you're going to have to replace that guard position anyways. So that's what I was going to say, because you look at our cap situation next year after we spent like crazy this year, we've only got about $15 million of cash base. Of course, you know, they could do things like they did this year, maneuver money, but you look at all the free agents. I don't see how we're going to be able to keep Hernandez. I mean, you got the potential extension of Saquon Barkley. You've got Jabril Peppers. You've got guys like BJ Hill. You've got Austin Johnson. You've got Lorenzo Carter. Um, All these guys are for free agency. I, 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 I will actually like Will. And I think I think the virus had something to do with it. I the guy I don't trust is Lemieux, and uh, I, I know some Giants fans may like him. I think his pass protection is horrible. Um, I, I worry about him if he's in the starting lineup this year. I'd prefer to start Will, but I look at Hernandez and I just don't think he's going to be in the long term plans. I could be wrong, but that's kind of where I'm leaning. And by no means do I think Slater is a must pick. But let's put it this way: if they take Slater. I'll have a big smile on my face on draft night because I'm a, I'm an offensive line guy. I think that's where games are won and, won and lost. And I don't care. You can have all the best. We know in 2018, we had Barkley and, uh, and, and Odell Beckham. We couldn't move the ball because we couldn't block. Um, Chris, Chris yeah. do, you think they, do you think they move Gates from center to one of the garbage? I, I think they're going to move from the left guard. I think because I think he's almost a waste of a center. I think they could draft the center, plug him in from day one, and move Gates and solidify the left side. I, I get a lot of heat for saying that. People are like, oh, but he was good at center. I don't think he was – I think he was solid at center. I don't think he was that great. I think he did a great job, but I think his natural position is at the guard position. 
I, I think that's a great point. And I, th- I forgot the guy's name. They've been talking to the center from Alabama that they really like. They said they interviewed Landon Dickerson, man. I'm yeah. yeah, yeah. on him all day. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. like you know, this is why we could wait and take this guy in the second round. Yeah. And then you move Gates over to the garbage. I think, I think that's the oh, other, <laughs> that's the other option. I think that you're looking at, if you go weapon or if you go Parsons in the first, you go for a guy like Dickerson or, or, you know, another interior offensive lineman in the second. But yeah, I think if you get Dickerson at the center spot, I think, that probably shifts Lemieux to the bench um, or Hernandez, one or the other, and you would start Gates at one of those guard spots. I think that's the other option. They could go offensive line in the second. I definitely think they're going offensive line in one of the first two rounds. Yeah, I, I guess why they didn't sign Trey Turner. That's why I think I think that's the move that they're looking looking to make. Yeah, but who knows? You know. Uh, listen, man, and I definitely agree with you there. I think one of the first two picks. That's why it doesn't necessarily have to be that first pick. I mean, look, if you say that maybe. Maybe Pitts isn't there. Smith's not there. Chase isn't there. You know, uh, Waddle. You know, all the other guys we were mentioned. And then Slater's there. Sure. Then maybe we could look at taking him with that 11th pick overall because all those other options are gone. But I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore, especially with all these quarterbacks that are supposed to be going in the first few picks. That's why I think, like, you know, I'm hoping, man, if Parsons is there. I, I That's now my number one guy right there. And then I've uh, – because I don't think Devontae Smith's going to be there just because Miami traded back. They knew they could because they were looking for a receiver. I don't know if Cincinnati's going to do that. I mean, he just got T. Higgins, who they're big on with Tyler Boyd. They got to fix that old line. They got to get protection for Burroughs. If they don't, they're going to be in a hell of a lot of trouble. You know, you know, yeah, their running game has been so sold through the last couple of seasons. They definitely need some big bodies up front. You know, and that's where it kind of comes down to. We see Miami and Detroit. Look, I don't even know if Detroit has a wide receiver signed to their roster right now. <laughs> How the fuck are they going to pass on any of those guys, bro? Like, that's just ridiculous, man. <laughs> you know? Like, who the fuck they got playing for? They don't even got Danny Amendola back, bro. It's, like, ridiculous, dude. I think Mike Trainer is going to go try out for them. He's going to be the new Danny Amendola. Look, I'm open over the middle. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you on that. I think Detroit's a lock uh, to go one of these wide receivers. That's yeah, a lock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, they could do one of those bonehead things where they could – maybe even trade back and be like, all right, fuck it. We're going with golf. That's our quarterback. And somebody's trading up to make this move. I mean, I can see some shit like that, but outside of anything related to that, I just, I just don't see them not going with wide receiver. I mean, that'd be, that'd be a laughing stock. I mean, in all honesty, I think Miami should take fucking pits. And then, you know, Chase goes to Detroit, let's say, and then all of a sudden we're starting to drop back with some of these receivers. And that's how I could see Devontae Smith ending up on the Giants with at 11 at that pick there. You know, because, I, I mean, why not? I mean, he's still a weapon. He's dynamic. They can still use some upfront protection, and he brings that. Even though I know he's been criticized a little bit on some of his past blocking, but I think most of those type of dynamic tight ends are. And I think he is, he's a big frame and big body that would develop in the NFL the right way to kind of do both. Although they even said you could split him out and play him a receiver. So that guy's literally bringing that kind of dynamic to the game. And you're talking about having these receivers. Unless you're going chase, I almost see them going pits if Cincinnati does it. Yeah. I, I, I think Pitts is gone at the latest by the Panthers pick. I, I don't think he gets yeah. past eight I, at the latest by the Panthers pick. And Devontae Smith, I think, is going to be there when we pick. I, I think both – that's my prediction. I think Devontae Smith and Slater will be there when we're, when we're on the clock. I think those will be the two best available players when we're on the clock at 11. I can't wait to see what Giants Twitter looks like after the first pick. <laughs> <laughs> the atrocity continues. I think the best-case scenario for Giants, Giants Twitter – is if Dave, uh, Dave Gettleman drafts a defensive tackle with the, with the 11th pick. The one, the, one, <laughs> the, the, one, the one thing I worry about, because you, you see the teams that Judge has been going to for the pro days. He's gone to Miami, he's gone to Penn State, and he's gone to Georgia. Those are all edge rushers. 
And me personally, I don't think there's an edge rusher in this draft that warrants the 11th overall pick. No, I don't and, either. And, and maybe he's doing it, thoughts of possibly trading down, but I worry about them reaching on an edge rusher. And and I, I probably would not be very happy with that. I, I don't want them taking an edge rusher at 11. Yeah, I, I agree with you 110% with that one. You know, some, it's either the guys are one-year wonder type things where you're not sure if they're ready, or it's like you were mentioning yeah. before where it's, where it's a bit of a reach, right? Because, you know, you look at Phillips, you look at Rosario, um, you're not sure, right? The guys had one year where they were just super dominant in that, uh, for Miami. I don't know if that's the guy. Like, you know, it, there, there's talk that Phillips could end up falling to round two. I doubt it. But if he did... Shit, I take him in round two, but having to reach yep. for these guys at eleven, that's fucking high. And the safety too with with, with Quiddy Pay, I'm I'm not into Quiddy Pay at all. I know he's got a lot of hype around him, but that's why we sent O'Brien to Michigan. You know, if if there was a lot more sort of uh, consideration for him, I think Joe Judge would have made a personal trip out to Michigan to go see him. So that's why I I, I really got to fall back and say if it's not Parsons, it's either it's it's either a guard with Slater, of course, or one of these receivers. We, we get a gift and they follow us at eleven. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you on that. Don't you feel like if we do draft one of the wide receivers, as as, as cool as it is to draft a, a, a first round wide receiver, I believe in Darius Slayton, man. I, I really, really don't want to see him get thrown in the garbage because we invested uh, $18 million in a free agent wide receiver the same offseason that we invested the first round pick. Because you have to play the first round pick. You cannot just keep yeah. him on, on the bench. You're not gonna you're not gonna keep Shepard on the bench. I mean Slayton's going to the bench. With the chemistry him and Jones have, him going up against second receivers, I just feel like if they really think that the receiver's that good, if he's Jerry Rice, if he's Megatron, okay, sure, fine. But I just don't think that I think only the value is there for to get to get a wide receiver. Frankly, that's one of the positions that I would actually be disappointed if we drafted with uh, the eleventh pick, honestly. Hey man, I, I completely understand your mindset on that. Um, when they signed Galladay, that, that was my my exact thought process was, and again, like you said, you know, I've seen people compare Devontae Smith to Marvin Harrison. If they feel he's that caliber of wide receiver, okay. But <laughs> but 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 I, but I have the same mindset as you. As you paid this guy eighteen million dollars because you feel like he's a number one. Last year, I feel like you were asking these receivers to do more than what they're capable of doing. Right. You had Slate, you had Slayton as your one, you had Shepard as your two. You didn't have Barkley. Well, now you got Barkley back. Now Shepard's in the slot. Now Slayton's a two. Think about it like when you're going up against the Giants. It's the difference between James Bradbury and Isaac Yadam. So now you're having Slayton go over to the second side, so he's going up against much worse corners on a weekly basis. That should only make him better. Again, if it's an all-world talent, I'm all for it. Take the guy. If you feel like he's a, a, a all-pro level wide receiver, you better get it right, though, because I'm with you on that. I think Giants fans are kind of Jumping off the ship a little bit with Darius Slayton before they should. I think I think last year he was under uh, – he had a disadvantage. I think the Giants were asking him to do more than what he was capable of doing. So, I'm kind of with you on that. That's why I'm more inclined to go Parsons or Slater with that pick. I'm, yeah. more, jump, I'm more jumping off the ship with Shepard just because – I love Shepard. Don't get me wrong, but he hasn't really played a full season since, what, 2018. I think is the last time he played a full 16 games. And – you know, he wasn't drafted by, you know, Judge and these guys. So he could be the guy, like, eventually he's going to be on his way out. So I want to see him get replaced. And I want to see him, you know, maybe replaced by one of these, you know, top wide receiver that's out. Because these guys are just, I mean, they're elite, man. You can't go wrong with drafting these guys. And to have him with Daniel Jones for the next, like, 10, 12 years would just be fantastic in my eyes. But Yeah. No, if they're elite, it's you, you got to take them. If you feel they're elite, you got to take them. 
The only thing I get nervous about, and I always I always refer to this because it's the first time it happened as a Giants fan. I call I call it the Sean Alexander fucking pick, right? So we're sitting there. I don't remember what number we were, right? But it was between him and Ron Dane. And I'm like screaming at my fucking TV. And I'm like, take Alexander, take him. He's better. He played in the SEC. That shit's always they bread running backs, man. That's what they're known for. I'm like, please. I'm like down on my fucking knees and I hear fucking Ron Dane. I almost cried, got up, shut the fucking, I like drew the remote of the TV and walked out of my house. Like, I don't want one of those things to happen at 11. Because <laughs> I can see some stupid shit like that happening with this 11th fucking pick where we're sitting and it's like the right is on the wall. Mika Parsons is there. And all of a sudden they're like, Jalen Phillips. I'm like, what? I'm like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Jules, Jules, that was me. That was me. Like when we had the 10th pick and then we drafted Everett Flowers instead of fucking, you know, fucking girly. You know what I mean? I was right, so right, right, upset. Right. Like, you know what I mean? But it's just the way it is, man. Sometimes we think we know better, but. Sometimes they just like, what are they doing, man? Shit. <laughs> the nice part is I feel like it's 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 refreshing. And I was, I mean, a few of us were here beforehand. You know, we trusted Gettleman with the drafting, um, his vision of how to build a football team. But now that Judge is here, I think that the overwhelming majority of the team is has confidence in what they're doing. And I think it's just it's refreshing that, you know, when Jerry Reese was here, it was like, what the fuck is going to happen? And it always turned out fucking bad, always with Jerry Reese. So it's nice that now going into 2021 offseason and the draft and all that, we can kind of sit back, crack a beer, and, you know, maybe smoke a pipe, whatever you're into, and, um, you know, relax and know that we're kind of in good hands. We can go anywhere we need to go. We have guys that we could believe in. with judge if you're only going to believe in judge or judge and Gettleman if you're smart. Um, that are gonna make the <laughs> make the right pick, and uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta res- you gotta respect the ghetto god, right, Tana? Um, <laughs> gotta, gotta respect the ghetto god. Gotta <laughs> you know what's really funny, man? I've been saying that shit for like two, three years, and like Giants groups on Facebooks, on Twitter, and shit. I'm new to Twitter. I've only been on there for a few months. Basically, when I started doing the podcast back in like November or whatever it was. Um, but I've been saying respect the ghetto god for like years, two, three years at this point. And now I start to see people change their name on, on Twitter to, to Ghetto God. Um, I was listening to another podcast and they said Ghetto God. And I was like, oh, this shit is actually catching on. Fucking finally. <laughs> so you're supposed to <laughs> drink more of that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one, one last thing to sort of just keep in mind, too. This this receiver draft is deep, right? You know, you, you got guys like Adarius Tony that they say is projected late first round, but he could slip to round two. You know, you got other guys like Nico Collins and uh, Sage Sertain that might be third round picks that we can take and we'll be in position to take those guys so unless it's really like Devonte smith or chase that actually fell to us at 11 i don't think we go wide receiver at this point because of all the other names that are available out there and that's where i think we do go back to focusing on defense or offensive line and you're right listen we end up with that i am absolutely totally okay with it i would have no problem if we did something like where we where we got say slater at 11 and then in round two went and got one of these other receivers I, you know listen it works out that way too yeah, it's a deep wide receiver class. I mean, there's a lot of receivers that are going to go round two that would go round one in most drafts because right. it's a very deep class. So I could see either way. You know, I could see them saying we need the offensive line. I think the way they're going to do this, they're going to evaluate, do they think there's a bigger drop-off at the offensive line position in round two based on their board or a bigger drop-off at the wide receiver position? And if they feel like there's a bigger drop-off at the wide receiver position, maybe they take the wide receiver. If they feel like there's a bigger drop-off on the offensive line, maybe they take the offensive line. Or – Michael Parsons. Maybe they're enamored with him. I'll tell you what, you get Michael Parsons. <laughs> Patrick Graham will want to stay here for a long time. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, got, you got coaches in-house, 
And that's one of the nice things about Judge, too, with the staff that he brought in. He's got a lot of guys from the college ranks. But, you know, Coach Chaos, uh, you know, I think Shane Spencer, Sean Spencer, Sean Spencer, sorry. Shane Spencer was the Yankee. That's what I know. Coach Chaos, he played with him. So, you know, I, I, I know that there was a story about Parsons. And, uh, you know, Jules, when you told me a story before about what actually happened with throwing the water and the chokeholds and all that. Shit like that. That's just you know, you know, men being men. You know, you're gonna fuck around. You're on top of your trouble all the time. So if that's as little as it is, and chaos can uh, can vouch for him, and that might be the pick. And our defense will be <laughs> again without him. They're gonna be scary. But now you're talking about a Super Bowl, an unquestioned Super Bowl caliber defense at that point. Yeah. No, that's the type of piece. That, that's like the only type of piece this defense is missing uh, to put this defense in like elite contention. If you get a guy like that. Yeah, and, and we have the coach. It's not just having the talent at all the starting 11, really 14, 15 defensive uh, defensive spots, um, but you have the coach to go along with it. Patrick Scan- Patrick Graham's scheme, he skyrocketed. He was nobody. People were disappointed that we got him. Oh, this guy in Miami, he really didn't do that much. The defense was, was bad, this and that. You know, they started to come along, but they weren't a good defense. Who is he? Why did you have to make him the assistant head coach? And then he came out, and now a year later, we were scared of losing him to being a head co- becoming a head coach. Um, so you got not only the talent, but you also have a uh, mad scientist back there. I believe he went to Yale, so he's a, a literal fucking Ivy Leaguer um, calling the plays. Uh, that defense could be special, and the fact that they're all young, including the coaching, could be special for the next few years. That's that's why that's why I'm not going to flip out. Um, even if they reach on what I think is an edge rusher, like. Even I, I don't want to take Phillips because Phillips has an injury history. I know he's got a lot of talent. The guy was forced to retire from college football at UCLA because he had so many injuries. Then he came back. Um, but if they take an edge rusher that I think is a little bit of a reach, I'm not going to flip out because, like you said, I trust the coaching uh, staff. I, tr- I trust Patrick Graham. I, tr- I trust Joe Judge. And I think they're going to get the most out of the players, kind of like we saw last year. So is it my ideal choice? No, but I trust the coaching staff to get the most out of these players. And if they feel like that's what we need the most, I'm going to trust it. If you had to pick one, who would you say would be the biggest reach as an edge rusher? I don't like Rousseau. I know some people really? like Rousseau. I, I don't like Rousseau. I've, I, I've watched a lot of film on Greg Rousseau. Most of his pressure came from the interior part of the line. He's not that. He's not impressive to me off the edge, and he's not that athletic. He's big. So it's like I've seen people compare him to JPP. All the time. Like, did you watch his pro day and JPP's combine? They're right. not even close. <laughs> doing backflips and pads. I, I, I'm not, I'm not in love with JPP. I, w- I would actually prefer Phillips to JPP. I think he's better. Um, and Olajari, I might even like better. I'm not a big fan of Rousseau. Got it. Wow. So you would be, you would be okay with Quiddy Pay. I would I'm not like- be in love. I like Quiddy Pay. <laughs> I, I actually like Quiddy Pay. I think he fits the scheme, but he's similar to Leonard Williams. So right. being bringing back Leonard Williams, I don't see the need to draft Quiddy Pay. That's a good point. What else, guys? What else? <laughs> now, you know what it is? It gets so crazy around this time of the year because, like, look, now we're, we're speculating, like, literally the draft is a month away, 
and we don't know what direction we're going to go. Look, no one would have thought, if you would have told me, say, like three weeks ago, that Miami would trade back to six, San Fran would trade up to three, the Eagles would trade back, like all this shit would take place. I'd be like, yeah, you're out of your fucking mind. You're just trying to get some clickbait going, right? Yeah. <laughs> There'd be no fucking chance in hell that all that just fucking takes place. And then lo and behold, here we are, the Eagles that literally threw a game for fucking getting the number 16 trades back. Why? Because Chase might not be there? All right. Yeah, that makes total fucking sense. <laughs> it's kind of like um it's like the the uh the draft uh, in 2018 when when it was a really rich quarterback draft but as you saw the jets trade up like a month before the draft it's kind of <laughs> like that you're seeing the, you're seeing a similar dynamic um and i absolutely think like you said earlier miami's absolutely taking a wide receiver because i don't see why they would have traded back up to six if they weren't they could have stayed at 12 if they weren't an offensive lineman Slater, yeah, he's really good, but it's not like Elijah Vera Tucker's that big of a drop off. They could have stayed at twelve, still gotten Elijah Vera Tucker. I think they're at, they one thousand percent traded up to six. Now, the thing that's interesting to me about the Eagles, if it's if it's what if what they said is accurate, the Eagles said that a part of the reason why they traded down is because they thought the Bengals could be taking Jamar Chase. So does that that kind of tells me? So they're not super high on the other wide receivers because you could have just stayed there and taken Devontae Smith. You could have stayed there. You could have taken potentially Kyle Pitts. You could have stayed there and taken Jalen Waddell. So does that mean that the Eagles wouldn't take a wide receiver if they were there at 12? Are they thinking about doing something else now, uh, trading back to number 12, take a corner, take a linebacker, take an offensive lineman? So that's the one thing I was thinking about. Maybe the Eagles won't be taking a wide receiver. I think Miami takes Pitts. I think that's where he goes. Yeah, I could see that. I've seen a lot of people talking about that. They got Devontae Parker already there. Yeah, he's solid. Uh, they got a good tight end too, don't they? Miami. Yeah, well, Gilsecki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I have heard a lot of people say that they think Pitts is going to end up there. I mean, listen, we, what, what's better a safety valve for a young quarterback than a tight end that could catch like that, right? Yeah. I mean, listen, they always talk about dumping the ball off, throwing short, those intermediate routes. It, that's like that's like perfect picture made for two. Although. I'm still not big on. I really thought the whole Deshaun Watson trade was going to go down, right? Like, literally, Houston would have got that pick back until there was what? What is it up to now? Like, 20 allegations again? What is going on with that? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> how do you bother 20 different fucking masseuse? Like, seriously. Like, stop, man. Like, you think you would stop after, like, maybe two or three? You go off the fucking he, You know three. what? He needs one of those, those blow-up dogs. You found your guy. <laughs> Yo, listen, I'm about to put my name in the hat, man. I got fucking, I got talked by him, man. Fucking shit. Everybody's suing his ass. <laughs> it's, it's like, that's it, bro. Just donate that shit to the Sean Watson fund. <laughs> Keep him out of trouble. We're going to tip John. <laughs> but like, bro, you can say whatever you can say, whatever you want to this dollar. It ain't going to do anything. It might not be able to massage you, but it could do everything else you want. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. For how long now? Four or five years? How does he have over twenty women? I, like every week he uh, during the football season, he's had one lady, one woman coming out and he was fucking sexually harassing her doing the towel towel trick. That's that's crazy, man. That's <laughs> if, if, if it, yeah. That, that might have been part of the reason why he wanted out of Houston because he knew this was coming. Right, right. right? He was like, yo, get the fuck out of here as soon as possible. I'll go play in Canada. <laughs> you might have I don't know what their statute of limitations up there, but fuck it. Houston <laughs> actually would have pulled the trigger. They could have gotten away with got away from him, got the picks, and you know, been able to kind of move past the saga. Like let's say if the Jets actually did pull the trigger. You know, a couple months ago, you know, when this when this the rumors first started, not the, not the allegations, just the rumors of a trade. 
Um, now the Texans aren't going to be able to trade him right now, obviously, and not get the, nearly the value. But he's probably going to end up in the commissioner's exemplist and may not play at all this season. So Houston may not even be able to get to play him if they do get to keep him. And his value, no matter what, is going to be slashed when they, if they ever try to trade him, whatever, however it ends up shaking out. That's that's fucking crazy. That shit blew up like. Can we can we bet against Houston? Is that a is that an option? We could just bet against them like every week or <laughs> survivor pool. <laughs> Listen, dude, why wasn't Sean Watson smart enough to go hang out with Robert Kraft? That dude got away with shit down in Jupiter all day. <laughs> he walked out of there with like a little slap on his wrist and like a hundred dollar fine. He was like, ah, it's no big deal. <laughs> what made what made me laugh is all these Giants fans that you know that, that rag on Dan and and I'll be the first to say I I'm not in love with Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones could be good, but I don't want to come to a final conclusion one way or the other. I think he will be good this year, though. I think he's going to be much better. But all these Giants fans that want to rush Daniel Jones out of town, oh, yeah, give up four first-round picks. Bring in Deshaun Watson. Like, what are you talking about? You want to give away our whole future to pay a guy that's already making – before the sexual allegations, you want to give away our whole future and then pay a guy $40 million a year and have no draft picks for the next three years? Like, what? What are you talking – you're acting like we're a finished product already. It was – the dumbest thing I've ever heard. How stupid is that? These people are nuts. <laughs> and listen, it is just fucking crazy how shit just gets timed up. Because think about it. Literally, like, two months ago, we were all sitting around talking about, like, who's going to trade what for Watson? Who's going to give this up? You want to give up the future? Who's in position? Jets got 45,000 picks. They can fucking do it. He'll come to New York. Oh, my God. This shit's crazy. And then all of a sudden, it was like one masseuse, two masseuse, three masseuse, four. Like, like <laughs> this shit just starts going crazy. It's like, yo, this dude's this career might be fucking all the way. Forget it. Like, yo, it's insane. Like no Mississippi's. You're like, <laughs> three masseuse, rush. <laughs> like, it was like every day, it was like, oh, three more allegations against the show was. I'm like, what? <laughs> something like 24. Like, damn, dude. Who's Bill Cosby now? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be wild to see how this thing plays out. It's it's uh, the, the NFL. I don't know, man. They, they always got something going on. They know how to sell their sport. They know how to keep eyes on their product, whether they're on the field or not. You got to respect them. You got to respect them for it. It's it's pretty incredible. If Baseball, the NFL says something, I believe it. If the NFL says something, I believe it. Um, you know, they came out today and said they're gonna have full stadiums by the start of the season. They're gonna have full <laughs> yeah, right, stadiums by the beginning that. of the season. I, I I believe it. You know, the other sports not so much, but. When it comes to the NFL, whether you disagree with it or not, like I personally think the 17, I'm not the biggest fan of the 17 game schedule. I'm not, I, I understand why people think maybe we shouldn't have Thursday night football, but it's about dollars and cents. When the NFL wants to do something, they're going to do it. So I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. They'll find a way to get it done. I like the extra game, man. I'll I, I love an extra too. football, yeah. man. Like, oh, as a, a fan, as a fan, I like it. But yeah, I, I'm thinking I, more along the lines from a player perspective. As a fan, more football, I'm in. You know what, Chris? Just expand the rosters, man. Get more guys yeah. like on the field. Get them more jobs. You know that could alleviate some of this shit. You know, get better depth, and then you know maybe these guys don't have to fucking play every fucking down. You know. The good news is, I think there's only going to be a handful of seasons that are going to be 17 games. What I think they're ultimately looking for, and it might be in the next CBA, whenever that is, um, an 18th game with two different bye weeks with expanded rosters. I think that's where they're going to end up going. And that I think would be dope. Two bye weeks, eighteen games, have like an even number of games again, um, and you, you kind of go that route. I think that's ultimately where they want to go. I think this is like a placeholder I can until see they that. can get you to figure it out. Because they initially wanted eighteen. I remember that the league initially wanted eighteen. One thing I thought that they could have done when that when it went to seventeen, I thought what they were going to do was going to they were going to play one game in London 
every week. So every team played in London once a year, and it was a neutral game, and then you had eight home and eight away. That's what I thought they were going to think about doing. But That's instead, a good idea. Yeah, you could have you could have games in like non non actual team markets. London, you could do Spain. Obviously, you could do you Mexico. could do games, you know, the Mexico games. You can even do games within the country, you, even Canada within the country that don't have markets. You could have games like Alabama, or whatever. You know, you can fucking sell out a, a college football stadium with two random teams in the NFL. If like yeah. the Ravens and Seahawks played, at, you know, at Alabama Stadium on a Sunday, sometimes maybe they're not playing. You can sell it out. That'd be awesome. If they played in Notre Dame or something like that, you know, like yeah. That's what I thought they were going to do because I don't like that we got to play. I know it's going to probably alternate every year, but this year we got nine on the road and eight at home. I thought they'd do one neutral and eight and eight. That's what I thought they would do. I think what the projection says that we're going to be playing the Dolphins as our 17th game. And I think that's a big fat fucking W right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great storyline, though, the Dolphins, because you got you got fours going up against Judge. They both came from the Patriots. We've got we took all their coaches from their staff. Shaplinski came from Miami. Patrick Graham came from Miami. Um, so I think that's a really good storyline. And I often compare the Giants to the Dolphins. Uh, last year, I said the Dolphins were kind of like – the Giants, rather, were kind of like the Dolphins for 2019. They got a lot better over the course of the season. They were a young team, young coach. Um, I think we're pretty similar teams on a similar timeline. I think, th- I think that's going to be a really good game. I think we're in a similar timeline, but I think our the, the, the peaks on our roster are higher than theirs. So I, and I think that our coach might have a higher ceiling than their coach as well. I think we, we might be able to find a little more success than Miami, but I wouldn't mind seeing them in the Super Bowl in the next year or two. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm not too worried about Tua. Tua didn't impress me last year. Nah, I think I no, I think Daniel Jones is better than Tua. They don't have a Saquon Barkley. They don't have a Galladay. You know, we have we have more weapons on offense, and, and I don't know how their offensive line is, but if I'm not mistaken, Eric Flowers is there. And, <laughs> you know, Eric Flowers is Eric Flowers. I was so happy when we got rid of that guy, and then he play, he goes Dude. and plays pretty good. Yeah, for the Redskins. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Wow. It was like he's excited. Jerry forces like. You know what I'm kind of psyched about with the 17th game that no one's mentioning? Bro, that's an extra week of fantasy football, right? And, like, yo, there's so many fucking times that, like, yo, you're like, God damn it, if I got one more week, I got my win, I had the points, my team got healthy, I'm in the fucking playoffs. Well, now it's just dance. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're a big fantasy guy, Chris, but I know you're like that for you. That's true. (laughs) You know, like, dude, there's been so many. I was like, God damn it, if I have one more week, my team is ready to break. (laughs) Well, now we'll see if that shit is true or not. (laughs) Chris, do you fuck with fantasy football? Yeah, yeah, I, I not as much as I used to because I'm always busy on, on my channel and, you know, other things. But, yeah, I play daily. I play in one or two. I used to play, like, in five leagues. Now I'm in a – I actually won my league this year. I won 900 bucks. I'm in a keeper league. Nice. Um, yeah. And I'm in, like, another league I've been doing for about 15 years. And then, I do, yeah, I do daily fantasy, yeah. You play DraftKings? I, oh, I guess it's into that segment. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that's right. You, you guys said you got – that's your sponsor, DraftKings, yes. right? Yep. How did that happen? I'm just curious. I don't know if you could say it, but – no, it's just part of like being like with the Brawl Network. Like they, I guess they, that's one of our sponsors for the whole network. For that's freaking all, awesome, man. All the Brawl. Yeah. So like, yeah, we, we read the ads, like, you know, we fucking bet and shit like that. So, well, John could bet for us because we're in New York. We're not allowed to bet. <laughs> I mean, we can only do like fantasy and shit. We can't fucking bet on the actual games and shit, which kind of sucks. I hate, that's the only thing I hate. It fucking sucks about New York. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. But that's awesome, man. But no, yeah, I do DraftKings. I actually, I think FanDuel changed their, um, they used to have no flex and no PPR, but I think they changed it. I think maybe now they do PPR. 
but I still do DraftKings because that's why I started to do DraftKings because I like the PPR and they don't have a kicker, if I'm not mistaken, right? They, the on DraftKings, which I like. Yeah, DraftKings. Oh, you're, 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 yeah, you're a fan of that. <laughs> I debate with one of my with a, with a good friend of mine, a couple other people about that shit all the time. It's like, man, why do we have kickers? I'm like, because they play in the fucking game. That's why. <laughs> See, I, I, just, I, I just feel like the kicker's so fluky, and I get pissed off when I lose because the guy's a kicker that made five field goals that Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but when he does it and you win, you're like, well, then you yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike, you want to give a quick shout out to the DraftKings? Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, we don't have to bet football. You could always bet basketball because it's still March Madness. If you go to DraftKings.com slash Brawl March, there's 100 to 1 odds if you just bet random teams to, you know, go to the, you know, the tip-off on the national championship game and win it. 100 to 1 odds, man. It's a bet. It's like, what, like six teams, like, left right now. So get in, get your bets. And, you know, maybe bet like Oregon. Maybe Oregon wins the whole thing. Win some fucking money, man. <laughs> Hey, Chris, too, another one of our, our sponsors is Manscaped. Have you have you ever looked into this at all? I, I've seen I, – I, I've not been approached by them yet, but actually a lot of people on YouTube are sponsored by them. And, uh, yeah, supposedly uh, supposedly it's good. But no, I've Man, not, I've, I have no, not listen, had it and, and listen, we're not even, we're not even like, like playing it up. We, we've gotten offered a lot of their products as well. So we got the Momo 3.0. We got the cologne. We got the fresher that comes with – it comes with this sick whole little kit where, like, it even has, like, newspaper for you to put down on the floor so you could trim yourself nice and everything. <laughs> I'm telling you, this shit is great. And, like, all of us tried it out, too. It was like everybody's in the bathroom, like, buzzing around and shit. And then we come out and we got to do the commercials. like – no, nah, this shit is really good, man. If you haven't got Manscaped, <laughs> go on manscaped.com, use the brawl code to get 20% off your next purchase, right? And, like, literally, that's all we talk about. We even put a little segment together during the regular season where we do, like, our Manscaped player of the game. You know, offense, defense, special teams. So that definitely be back in September. You know, that, that's just where that whole thing was. Where, like, that dude was like, he manscaped the shit out of that defense all fucking Sunday. <laughs> and that's awesome, manscaped.com, awesome. 20% off brawl. <laughs> so if all right this i'll I'll pose this question to the three of you guys whoever wants to take a stab at it knowing where the roster is right now on march 30th or whatever today's date is with all the moves how they ended up taking uh uh, coming together and what guys we have on the team the coaching losing those couple seasons if you can wake up tomorrow morning be draft day 2018 would you draft Saquon Barkley again and then end up where we are today? Or would you trade down? What would you do in that situation if you could live it again? Let me go. Let me go first, guys. Listen, I would 100% draft <laughs> him, okay? Because I knew moving on. Oh, man. No, I mean, I just, just the fact that, like, I knew what was coming. I knew Eli was going to be, like, coming in his last couple years. I wanted them to be, like, like Dallas did when they, they got Zeke. They drafted Zeke. All of a sudden, Dak Prescott played better. They, they took off. They won a few games. You know, it was like lightning in the bottle. I wanted the Giants to get that effect. I wanted Barkley to come in there. I wanted him to run the ball. I want to give Eli more time to throw the ball and give him, like, one last shot to go to the playoffs at least. So that was my hope. And, then it, you know, I, obviously it didn't work out. But you know what? All of a sudden we got to run it back to the future. So that was 100%. Like, I, I, I knew, you know, that – I knew my, what's his name Nelson was going to be a stud. I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. I knew he's going to be great, but I wasn't going to draft him in number two. And there wasn't a lot of teams that, that, that wanted to trade up with the Giants because the Jets and the Giants are not going to trade with each other in the draft. You're not going to give the Jets their franchise quarterback, you know. And what did the Colts get? They got a few extra second round picks. 
it wasn't like this year with all these quarterbacks coming out where there's no quarterbacks coming out next year. So you, you're offering these teams like, you know, a whole bunch of first rounders. We weren't getting those offers. So everybody got to put that to bed. So we got the, the best, you know, one of the best players in the draft, you know, for the future. I'm with it. I'm hundred percent behind Barkley. I even named my dog Barkley. So everybody can fuck off. <laughs> True story. <laughs> here's, here's what I, ironically, I actually named my dog Tiki when I was a kid. Um, but, but, uh, <laughs> but, but here's, here's what I'll say about the, uh, the, the, uh, the pick, um, I'll be the first to say on draft. I, I was happy when we got Barkley on draft night. I wanted them to trade down. I, I did. I wanted them to trade down, but here's what I'm going to say about people that bitch about the pick. I definitely don't bitch about the pick. Here's what I say. The only quarterbacks you heard, I don't hear about Lamar Jackson. Nobody was talking about Lamar Jackson and I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of Josh Allen, okay? I, 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 I actually said he was going to be the breakout quarterback this year before the year started, and he broke out. I'm a big fan of Josh Allen. I've always liked Josh Allen. Josh Allen is not Josh Allen on the New York Giants. He's just not. They don't have the offensive line. They didn't have the weapons. They didn't build the team the right way. So I don't think Josh Allen develops as a quarterback. I don't think the New York Giants had a team situated to draft a quarterback at that point in time because they had a bad offensive line. So I was okay not taking Darnold and Rosen at the time. If they were going to say it to – Barkley was the guy that I wanted. My first my first wish was to trade down, but if they were going to stay at two, Saquon Barkley wasn't one of. I think he was the best player in that draft. Now that that now that the the person that everybody brings up is Quentin Nelson, and if they were going to trade down, I wanted to take Nelson. But at two, everybody the, the one common talking point that I always hear people say you can't take a running back at two. You know how many guards have gone top five since 1936? Twelve. You know how many running backs have gone top five since 1988? 27. So wow. it is much more rare for a guard to go in the top five picks than a running back. So, and the other thing I'll say is if we drafted Nelson at number two, it's not like this team, you still would have had an old Eli. You still would have had all these old decrepit pieces. You wouldn't have had Saquon Barkley. It's not like this team would have been winning games anyway. And what would have happened? I'm going to tell you right now, for all the people that bitch about that pick, what would have happened? Saquon would have ended up on the Browns. The Browns would have taken him at four after the Jets took their yep. quarterback. And then Saquon would have been running behind that beast of an offensive line, and yes. he'd, he'd be having career years, and every Giants fan would be bitching that we didn't take Saquon Barkley. So it was – no matter what Kettleman did there, he couldn't win. Because if he took the quarterback, Donald would have failed, Rosen would have failed. It was it was a no-win situation. Um, yes, if I'm being completely honest, if I'm on a lie detector, if there was a trade there, again, like you said, we don't know. If there was a trade there and they could have traded down to five, I would have preferred that. But – if they stayed at two, Barkley was the right pick. Well, yeah. it, like you said, if, if, if the Jets weren't going to trade up with the Giants. That just wasn't an option. There's no situation on on in the planet or any dimension that the Giants were going to hand the future franchise quarterback that they're going to go up against at their own building for the next 15 years to the fucking Jets. That was just never going to be an option. Right after the Jets was the Browns again, and they had just obviously taken their quarterback. So who else are you going to take in the draft? Other than Saquon Barkley, so who didn't gone? The next team after that was the Brown. Uh, the, the was uh, the, the Colts, wasn't it? Browns were four. No, the Browns went four. They, yeah, they ended up with uh, yeah, Denzel Ward or whatever. Then you had the uh, Broncos at five and the Colts at six. Oh, who, who did they draft at five? Who was the who Chubb, was their Chubb. oh uh, Bradley Chubb? Yeah. yeah. So you you would have had no shot of getting. You would have had one of those two other guys. Now 
Uh, Jules, did you want to put put you put your input on this? Because I, I have, because like, you know, because you do have all the, you have all the haters in hindsight where they're just like, we could have traded down, got extra second round pick, got Quentin Nelson, and then had Nick Chubb, bro. Nick Chubb got more rushing yards than Saquon right now. Yeah, fine, whatever. You could argue that bullshit. And sure, in hindsight, maybe right. But at the end of the day, the reason why they have Kareem Hunt there is the reason is because Nick Chubb can't do both. He's not that pass catching back that that Barkley is. So overall, Barkley is a more dynamic back. And you're right. And that was if we traded back. And like Mike mentioned earlier, not too many people would be trading with the Giants at that point. The Jets got their pick. They were happy at three. They would have taken whoever the Giants didn't take at quarterback. Let's be fair. Like kind of what San Francisco is doing this season. That's what they were in the position to do. And look, Josh Allen, you want to talk about him not being able to develop. It's also where he went. The community up in Buffalo, they were ready to run them out, Bills Mafia, after year two, right? That loss to Watson in the playoffs, right? They lost to Texan. They were up at halftime and shit. They were ready to run him out of town. He gets married to that offensive coordinator and relives this year. Not, they, they give him the fucking key to the city. Jim Kelly's like, yo, you're the new legend now in fucking Buffalo. And they got him to an AFC championship game. That shit ain't happening in New York, man, in the city, right? That ain't going to happen on the Giants, bro. So, like, Josh Allen should be lucky that we didn't fucking take him because his career would have been way different. He'd be like Sam Dunn. I know right now they'd be comparing notes. You got mono first. <laughs> oh God, what a nightmare that would have been. <laughs> so my perspective on it is Saquon Barkley wasn't just a win now move. I've said this to the guys, and if you know the listeners have heard me say this, but I just wanted to uh just say it again so you can hear it, Chris. Um, Saquon Barkley wasn't just a win now move. Obviously, it was weighted more on that, but I think also being able to bring a new quarterback in whether it was in 2019 2020 whenever they found that you know to be able to draft that franchise quarterback you know the next year or two being able to give him the keys to an offense that is an elite rushing offense with you know what at that point would have been hopefully a better offensive line obviously but you're able to not only have the ability to win now with Eli Manning or Mm -hmm. the attempt at it but also you're able to have the the quarterback whoever it ended up being kind of be second fiddle to the run game and didn't need to carry the entire offense on his back right out of the gate in New York, filling in for Eli Manning, you know, kind of like, um, kind of like Gurley for Goff. Right. Exactly. So not only do you, well, I mean, I don't like comparing it to Gurley Gurley because everybody says, Oh, the the injuries, injuries, whatever. But that was their plan and it got him to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Saquon is, I mean, Saquon is a, like I said before, a God level athlete. The things he can do with his body, the strength, the cutting ability, all these different things that he does, there's, there hasn't really been that many human beings that can do that. He's the right guy from a character standpoint for, for New York to be the free face of the franchise. And with the rest of the guys in that building now, I, I don't, I don't know how you wouldn't draft him again if, if you could do it. I really don't. You know what's funny? I actually got to find that clip, and I, and I don't remember what it was from or where I saw it, but it literally goes back to, like, his rookie season, and I think they were playing Washington, and it's a clip of Barkley, like, literally, like, after the first possession that they had on the sideline, talking to the offensive line and saying, like, yo, if you cut this play, block this, all this shit, he's coaching them. And then it was, like, the next possession, he breaks, like, a 75-yard fucking run yep. from a touchdown. People forgot that shit. Like, you need to start playing that again and be like, yeah, this is the type of player that he is, man. Like, give this dude another year and watch what happens. Yeah. Wait, so talk about the player that he is. I just, His rookie year, uh, uh, behind the, a bad offensive line, he had over 2,000 all-purpose yards. 
His second season, which people pretend that he was hurt the entire season, the dude had 1,500 yards. <laughs> he missed three games. He had 1,500 yards, and he was injured for a couple of games a year. He had 1,500 in year two, and we just wipe away saying, oh, he got hurt with a high ankle sprain. Like, that's a big deal, and pretend that he didn't play the entire season. He had 1,500 yards in year two. Year three, it just happenstance that he ended up getting hurt year in, in, in week two. If he would have got hurt in week 14 and was sitting at 1,700 yards, 1,500 yards, a couple extra wins, nobody would be complaining about fucking – By the um, way, it's a blessing he got hurt when he did because he wouldn't be able to play this year if, if he got hurt week 14. Not only that, yeah. but he didn't have 300, 400 touches this year. Like it sucks to get your AC, you know, tear your ACL and everything else that happened to his knee, but – 400 hits on your body by NFL defenders, that's going to take a toll on you in many other ways. He didn't take any of those hits this year. So it kind of was a blessing. Maybe he kind of pressed his reset. Now he goes into his junior year uh, a second time um, with, you know, the, the kind of mileage on the car being a little bit low. We got Devontae Booker to, you know, fucking ease him back in, man. <laughs> we got Good. We're good. I love the signing. I don't care about you giant haters. Devontae Booker, man. Watch out. (laughs) I got nicknames for all the players. That's Booker T for the rest of the season for me. What's going on on with Wayne Gallman? And I don't think he's coming back, but the guy hasn't signed yet. What's going on with him? Nobody. Because he's not really that good of a running back. It was fun, but the reason why Wayne Gallman produced last year was because halfway through the season – the offensive line started to pass block at a much better level. We all forget, again, I said it before, eight weeks, Daniel Jones was the leading rusher each and every single week uh, of this of the season, the first eight weeks of the year. It wasn't until after that that they stopped playing those ridiculous front sevens that they had the hardest defensive schedule to start of the season in the NFL last year. Um, the offensive line started to play better, and Goldman was, was able to go ahead and, and – actually produce something the 4.6 yards a carry or whatever it was that's the reason why before that he was a two yards three, a three or 3.2 yards per carry behind a mediocre bad offensive line no you're right the offensive line, in terms of the run blocking department the offensive line was night yeah, and day that's what i mean uh, yeah it it's was, a tough it was game. yeah it was night and day uh over the second half yeah well everybody preaches you want balance i know it's a passing league but the reality is you're not throwing the ball 70% of the time. You're throwing the ball 55% of the time. That still leaves 45% of your snaps that are, are run-blocking snaps. Those count, too. I, laugh at, those people. I laugh at those people who say that the run doesn't matter at all. The the, the passing game's best friend <laughs> is a good running game. Like, you, you want, is best friend is a good running game. Yeah, yeah, because you want to chew up the clock to keep them fresh. Yeah, 100%. So I laugh at that. The game is still the same game. It's still one in the trenches. What, you know, I know it's evolved. I know people throw more. It's the same game. The teams that are stronger up front usually are the teams that are going to win. Unpredictability is what you want on offense. You want to be able to do both things based on who your opponent is and what type of situation it is in the game. Any team that goes out there and throws 60 times a game usually is not winning the football game. Right. That's a great point because if you think about it, I don't give a shit. Say what you want about Brady, but I, I always kind of hate on him, so I just got to put that out there, right? But uh, it was the front seven of Tampa. That gave fucking Mahomes in Kansas City all the fits. That's the real reason why. And Rodgers. And Rodgers. And that's the reason why they ended up winning that Super Bowl. Wasn't so much Brady. Sure, he didn't make mistakes. He didn't turn the ball over. But what did he throw for, like 230 yards? Hey, I'm part of of the Brady club. Listen, I got to acknowledge he's the greatest ever. He's got seven Super Bowls. But (laughs) I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. I'll be the first to say it. Uh, I think he's been screwed in Green Bay. I thought it was hysterical at the end of that game 
where everybody poured it on Aaron Rodgers in that NFC Championship game. Tom Brady threw three interceptions. Tom, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' running back fumbled it on his own eight-yard line. The Green Bay Packers gave up a Hail Mary before the end of the half because they were in man coverage for some reason, and they gifted Tom Brady a touchdown. And Aaron Rodgers brought them down, back down from like 17 points, and Aaron Rodgers getting killed that whole game. Brady's could read a book with his quarterback. Uh, you're right, though. You're right, though. No, no, there's a lot more to the game than the quarterback position, and um, the offensive line and, and, and a running game definitely helps out the quarterback. There's no doubt about it. I, I think the philosophy is if you're a boxer, not only do you want to have a really strong, if you're right-handed, a, a really strong right hand, you also want to have a, a devastating left hook too. You don't want to just be able to throw a fucking weak-ass jab. That doesn't do anything. You want to be able to connect with either hand, and you also, with in regards to the offensive line, you want to be able to fucking take a punch, whether it's in the gut, whether it's in the fucking chin. You got to be strong up front to be able to take the damage. That's your offensive line. That's the philosophy. You don't want to be a one-trick pony because that's how defenses can easily scheme against you. It's yep. going to be tough with a healthy, healthy Giants offense. It is going to be tough for any defensive coordinator, any head coach in the league. I don't care who the fuck you are, to be able to come up with a sound game plan that doesn't involve just overwhelming the offensive line. If the offensive line can play mediocre football, it is going to be a nightmare. Barkley's going to eat. Game. Bar- what? Barkley is going to eat. Uh, you know, Dude, with, with Godwin. And by the way, one other guy I want to point out that we didn't talk about with this coaching staff and the brains on this roster. I think John Ross is going to have a little bit bigger role than people give him credit for. I think they're going to find ways to get him involved in that offense. I think Ross could have a, a decent impact with this Giants offense. If the offensive line can play well, if they can develop together and with when you believe in a good coach, they don't just make the players, you know, play well. They also develop the players. That's part of coaching, too. So if we believe in Joe Judge and the staff, that means that we believe that these players are going to play better as they get older and more advanced into their careers. Um, so uh, I, I have been sucking on this fucking pen for the last couple hours, so I'm a little bit uh, lost your of thought there. But, uh, sky's the limit, boys, man. Sky's the limit. Yeah, man. that's exactly right, Sky. Well, uh, Chris, just real quick with that one. You know, I made a joke when we were talking, like, uh, you know, before a couple weeks back before we signed Galladay. I said, listen, so you really mean to tell me you want to go get Waddle right now, too? So what are we going to have? We have Slayton, Waddle, and Ross line up like we're playing fucking touch football. Be oh, like, no. guys, just run no. deep, bro. I'm just going to throw that shit up. Because, like, yo, that's all we're going to get with those kind of uh, wide receivers. But you're right. I think Ross could. Listen, there's always been hype around him, you know, especially that they took him, I believe, in the first round, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Cincinnati. Ninth overall, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah, like that. I mean, that's right. He's in the top 10. I mean, look, they were, they were big on this kid. I know he hasn't kind of produced the way they had him, you know, expected him to. But I kind of think he could actually help Slayton's game a little. I think because they're, they're to me, they kind of seem like a similar type of wide receiver. And he might be able to help him kind of like get like the separation that they talked about that Slayton was lacking last year, really make him show that he's more of that deep threat type of a game. I don't know. It could bring, it could bring it out of him or you could end up running Slayton spot. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to go that far, but you know, there is that sort of possibility. And I think that might be part of the reason why they brought him in. I, I think just having, even if Russ doesn't, you know, maybe he only has 400 yards and a couple of touchdowns, but just having him on the field as a, as a threat, to be able to take the top off the defense, I think opens it up for Sterling Shepard over the middle. I think it opens up for Ingram. I think he he was a – I'm not going to say he's an, a, an unbelievable signing, but I think he's a signing that maybe some Giants fans are overlooking a little bit. I'm actually excited to see how they implement him into the offense this year, John Ross. Yeah, I am. So, so I remembered my point before I had a stoner moment. 
um, with a better offensive <laughs> back, John. line. <laughs> yeah, <thanks. laughs> uh, with a better offensive line, I don't think you have to run such such heavy stats with multiple tight ends. Um, what was the last time that you could remember the Giants lining up with five wide receivers on the field? You, you don't really see it. So if you have an offensive line you can trust in pass protection, you might be able to get all those guys on the field at the same time. You know, Slayton, Galladay, Engram, um, which we'll call it, Ross, Shepard, all of them all, all at the same time. That's 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 a tough coverage. Those yeah. Not to mention, let me ask you real quick. You you do a lot of the Barkley, YouTube yeah. the, the YouTube postings and channels and everything else. How often do you put new content on your YouTube channel? I try. I mean, today I took off because I was exhausted, but I, I try to make a daily video a day about the Giants, um, especially during free agency. I go live a lot, too. I do a lot of live streams. You see, that, would, that was going to be one of my questions for you earlier. Do you do a live stream for the NFL draft? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I might want to do we, a quick phone when the Giants make their pick. We'll have you on, like, the phone <laughs> or some shit, right? <laughs> yeah, we got, like, we, we got, like, 4,000 people in there during the draft. It's pretty, pretty fun. It's, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, so listen, do us a favor. Tell our listeners where they can find you on YouTube. Uh, yeah, you can find me at uh, the Entertainer Talking Sports, spelt with an A-H, uh, Talk Giants. I do some Nick live streams, too. I'm a big Nick fan. And unfortunately, a Met fan. I chose the wrong team at birth. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> we all are perfect. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, man, I, I love talking Giants, man. I absolutely love talking Giants. Awesome. I, could, I could talk Giants 24 hours a day. Um, and I'm looking forward to doing a tailgate this year, which you guys are more than welcome to come to. I'm trying to organize that. We would love that, actually. Yeah, we, we've been trying to do something like that, too. So we, we want to definitely go down for that, for, for a tailgate. We're trying to do a live stream as well. That's why I was kind of asking you. Maybe we could talk a little bit later on. Give us yeah. a little bit of pointers on that as well. We'd appreciate it. But I think that wraps us up for this episode, fellow, you know, folks. You know where to find us. You find us on Twitter. You find me, Jules NYC One, Mike Tra MFT, Mike Trainer. John is at the Slap Parade NYC, <laughs> not my Giants, but you know how it is. And Chris told you where you can find him on YouTube. He's also on uh, on Twitter at the uh, Entertainer as well, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, that wraps us up. We're out for this episode. We'll see you next week. Take care. Peace.